forever. Dog. When your first choice is a big old bus, you turn around and boom, you end up with us. Our number is 213-536-9180. Our email is sloppysecondspot at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Are you ready for some sloppy seconds, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you stupid, dirty little fucks? Super Bowl. It happened. I'm Big Dipper and that's Meatball. And welcome to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. Did you ever play football as a child? Yes. I lived, I lived in te- yes i was on i was on second string um and the one game that they put me in to play my mom left because she was so embarrassed it was i ran at a guy and he was so big and i just hit him and fell backwards <laughs> and my mom sent me a message that said you could take the bus back no yeah really? she didn't want to stay for that and what sound did you make when you fell backwards after you got it? It was, I think I like got winded. I think oh, there was no. a moment where I had to like pull it together and get up. In high school, I played volleyball and I was really into it because. And your parents questioned your sexuality. From the very beginning, baby. Mm. Uh, no, actually, when I was, I was born in 1985 and the Bears won the Super Bowl that year. And I mm. am from Chicago. So we, we was, you know, a whole lot of hoopla. So. I, as a kid, I was very chubby, always been chubby. Uh, uh, And they put me, (laughs) I own it. I own my chubbiness. They put me in this little jersey uh, and that one of the players, this is how much I know about sports. One of the players whose real name I don't know had a nickname. They called him the refrigerator. They called him the fridge because he was so big and square and Mm. he would tackle people. And so my nickname as a baby was the fridge. Aww. Sports. Mine was Big Bird because I had jaundice. So I was yellow. Really? Yes. I, You know, I have a few other questions about your, your childhood, which we're going to get into because it connects to a question I have for our guest. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when we I come will back, say one thing what? very quickly, though. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that on 23andMe, you could be like, find connected family members. Oh, yeah. And I've just found like my family, like my like my. biological family family? yeah biological family on there they're like all on there like two days ago i haven't sent messages or anything i just like wanted to see what they look like and i was like oh yeah that's definitely them are we gonna cry about it and do a podcast about it oh no i think that's the furthest i'm going (laughs) oh just to know that i just want to like assign that they exist and see what they look like but i don't want any contact what kind of photo did you upload to 23andme i didn't put a photo in so they'll never know also i'm sure that they're like looking at the family tree and are like what the fuck is happening because they all have the same last name and then there's just like one random dot off to the side that's my name which family did you look up mom or dad it's both of them oh they both did it yeah Wow, that's really intense. Isn't that weird? And Michael like really wants me to go digging, and I was like, I'm not there. Yeah. Anyway, let's go to a break. <laughs> let's buy a bed. All right. 
Are you guys ready for our very famous guest? She is an icon. She's mm-hmm. a comedian. Mm-hmm. She's an actress. She mm-hmm. is a star. It's Sashira Nada. Yes. Hello. 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 How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. We got real I... heavy pretty quick here, huh? Yeah. What's that heavy for y'all? Because <laughs> I feel I... fine. <laughs> That's great. I did Ancestry. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, and then I'll get little alerts that are like, we found a new relative of yours. And I just don't even look at it because I don't. I'm like, I have a million cousins. I don't need. Yeah. <laughs> and they really whittle it down to like fourth distant yeah, cousin. Like, I don't need to reach out to this person. That's no muddy waters. That's too far from me. <laughs> well, I teased uh, this idea of a question. Um, I was just looking at Wikipedia. And I'm sure a lot of people do this before they have you on their podcast. But you were born. I wish in- more would. I wish oh, well. more would look up anything about me before they have me on their show. <laughs> but it says, and you know, confirm or deny, but you were born in Japan. Is that correct? Confirm. Yes, this is true. My dad was in the Air Force. He's retired now. And so we moved around a ton. And I was born in Okinawa, Japan. That's so Does- great. How long were you there for? I think I was there for like 10 months. My parents, mm. I think, were there for a couple of years. And then... Moved to Lexington, Kentucky, San Antonio, Texas, Hampton, Virginia, Riverside, California. And then my parents split, and then I moved to Indiana with my mom. And then bounced back between that and Maryland. And then, yeah. And then I, then I became an adult. <laughs> and wherever I wanted to. I'm not moving. I took things into my own head. Because Meatball, you moved around a lot, too, as a kid, right? Yeah, very similar, almost. Like, we were moving, like, every five years. So yeah. do you... I found, like, as an adult... Now, I feel like after around five years of living somewhere, I'm ready to uproot and just go. Absolutely. Do you have that same? Yeah, it's it's better now. But I mean, honestly, <laughs> when I moved to Virginia for college after two years, I was like, I got to still be here. Like, <laughs> there's two more years here. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And and now so I'm, I told you before, I'm, I'm getting a house and I'm very excited to actually be somewhere for a long time. Yeah, I, I've been totally. in different apartments for like two years at a time or one year or, you know, just like little chunks. And I'm just ready to actually put down roots. And I think that's just coming with age. I'm just getting right. older. and I'm, like, I'm just tired. <laughs> I want to sit down. <laughs> Do you have dual citizenship? Is that how that works if you're born somewhere? Unfortunately not. I wish um, I was born on an Air Force base. So it was oh. like technically American soil. Wow. Yeah. Still, I can still run for president. I forgot about that rule because that kind of doesn't make any sense. I yeah. mean, it makes sense. A lot but of it's rules like... in our world don't make <laughs> Truly. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So this is a, here's a controversial question. Okay. How's your 2021 going so far? Because ah. I feel like some people are... Obviously, this is like a very unprecedented, wild time, but some people are thriving in this moment. So I feel I'm like just, you're a thriver. Yeah, are I you thriving? Am, I am thriving. Yeah, and I sometimes feel bad for saying that, but I am having a really great time. And <laughs> <laughs> we need that though. We need so, that. Message we need out that. Of the Everyone else has been very down. Okay, good. Yeah. Also, my 2021 is starting off like. Gang, it's uh, gangbusters. Just like I'm, I'm shooting an ABC show right now. It's going to yes. premiere in April called Home Economics. Check it out when it comes out. Um, yeah, I, I have. I, I'm very thankful that I have work 
to look yes. forward to this year. And I'm less thankful because it means that Skate Gang is coming to an end. Every <laughs> For a while there, no one had work and we were yeah. all skating every week. And now it's like, I have nothing going on because I'm a lonely drag queen. And everyone else <laughs> is working on TV, getting their shows, doing their ha-ha giggles. <laughs> Yeah, Hollywood's opening back up, and yeah, it means less skating. But I feel like we'll still find time to skate. I yes, would yes. love to. I still want to. Yeah, I yes, feel yes. like we what will. it slowed down. I mean, here's here, let's be real. I've come only a few times, and then I just creep on the group chat. That's all I do. I read the whole thing, I, but I never respond because I'm like, who am I to respond? I've only been like a dozen times. So like, I'm not going to say anything. And I just watch all the conversation. But I'm like, I'm ready to go. When people yeah. are ready to skate again, I'm ready to go. Yeah, we'll we'll still have skate parties. Yeah, it'll be back. I mean, we, the actual reason we all decided to stop going was because of the new shutdown rules. Yeah. And we were like, we're it's getting safe. crazy out there. Yeah, which it still is bad out there. But Oh, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> Well, the whole world is awful. <laughs> but it's going like gangbusters for you. So <laughs> Yeah, you know. baby. What is uh what is it what's it like working? I was um looking at uh Michelle Buteau's like she did sort of like a, a story about uh 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 she's on the show, they're doing a TV show version of First you, Wife's Club yeah. with Jill yeah. Scott and her yeah. and um she was sort of outlining all of the safety precautions. She sits in like a little bubble while she's waiting. Are you what is it? very wild or have you like adjusted to what like set life i'm still adjusting it i mean i feel very safe because there's so many people making sure we're all doing the right thing and and abiding by the precautions and so everyone who is near an actor like the actors we need to not have our mask on sometimes because we are acting yeah but (laughs) everyone who's around us is wearing face masks and shields and like doing their best to cover up their stuff and then, uh, yeah, hair, hair and makeup all masked up. When we shot the pilot in September, October, oh. it was it was like they had um, like medical gowns on, <laughs> gloves, and they sprayed down the, every seat, and it, it just took so long. And then I think after a while they were like, "Okay, we don't have to, we don't have to do all that." <laughs> like it was, oh my god! Because they didn't. It was like I was like, I my ass is not gonna give COVID to the seat. Like you don't have to spray well, it out. I don't know. Anal swabs I mean, these days they're telling a different story about ass giving. So wait, really? Oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. all about the fecal, pull up, fecal droplets you have to, these days. You gotta stick your butt out the window and then they <laughs> stick a thing right in there. That's how they do it at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> It's just a line of bubbles. Just a line of them. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I do feel safe. We're getting tested regularly. There was a girl who had a yardstick that was like making sure during our break we're all standing six feet away from each other. And I was like, this, okay. Thank, sure. <laughs> well, because what's are- crazy is like the moment you leave the set, you'd be like, oh, I need to get some greens for a salad tonight. You run to the grocery store and it's like, they're not doing that shit over there. No, not at all. <laughs> but I think there's like, there's just so much money going into these shows that mm. they're like, if one person fucks up, right. that shuts everything down. And we cannot afford that. We do not want to deal with that. So, there, so there's, you know. That's so COVID sheriffs going around making sure we're doing our best to behave. We also got an email yesterday that was like, we know the Super Bowl's coming up. Please do not hang out with anybody. (laughs) Like, please don't party with anyone. Please keep it to yourself. We do not need you getting wild Super Bowl Sunday and then coming to work Monday and getting anyone sick. 
That's wow. so nuts. It's so crazy hearing that side of it and then like looking at videos of people in Florida just like partying in a club and partying yes. and just being like, what's the truth? Where are we going? I know. Will this end? Or get get Miss Ma'am so. with the yardstick in the government. What's going on? <laughs> yes. I mean, travel the country. <laughs> I, I love that that someone's job now is like they're co- they have COVID, COVID supervisors. Officers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're just like PAs paid to enforce the rules. Huh. Yeah, I and that's love. like their only job. So they are serious about it. They're like, mm-hmm. look, I'm here for a reason. Where's your fucking mask? Where's your shield? Get over here. Here's some hand sanitizer. Like they're just like. On it, which is great. <laughs> Good place to have a All power right. trip. I want to so, let's. let's <laughs> I want to talk about New York, Mama, because yes. if, I, if a guest has lived in New York, I have a lot of questions. Go Did ahead. you ever go to the Blarney Stone? I think I went there once. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about McManus? Oh, uh, so much, yeah. Yes. <laughs> See, I didn't realize that that was like a place that it's a bar on like forty or no. 23rd um, Street or something. Yeah, it's like 17th and 6th, I think. Yeah, I, it's just a bar that was like after class, me and my friends would go there and drink because they would serve underage people. <laughs> and like later I realized it was there was like full of comedians all the time. All the time. And I had yeah, no like, idea. History there. It's like the yeah. famous bar to go to after a UCB show. or mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much any UCB show. Or Law & Order SVU. Any bar scene was shot in there at a different oh. angle. Not even joking. I didn't and that, that old lady who had no teeth would always drink white wine with ice cubes. Uh-huh. She was in those shots. They wouldn't. Whoa. She wouldn't leave. She's she like, said, I refuse. <laughs> She's like, That's this is where I live. That's how she got her sad card. She, That's right. one just, she just week. never got up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I met kid like teenagers from new york i did like a like a summer theater camp and i met these like 17 year olds and they would they you know were like hanging out and they're asking like what do you do on the weekends or whatever and it's like oh we watch movies at people's houses or we like order wings like i, and they're I don't like, know i'm in high you, school nerd. they are literally like oh we go down to the financial district and go into bars and get like stockbrokers to buy us drinks and i'm like Damn. you're 17 and she yeah. was like oh yeah no, like everyone goes out in New York when they're teenagers. I couldn't believe that. You I, grow I, up fast there. I would imagine. Yeah. How old were you so when scared. you moved to New York? 23. Yeah. 23. Oh. Reason. So like right after college. So, and then you went to go do sketch comedy or you were just going to be an actress? I thought I was going to go do theater. I thought I was going to be a Broadway Ooh, star. Same. Oh, same. And I did audition for shows and. It just was a that was a, that's a real trek and and I mean God bless to the people who are doing it successfully but like you know showing up somewhere at seven a.m. before the doors open you're sitting on these wooden benches with no cushion you're waiting hours and hours just to be seen and people with actual equity can walk past you and audition in front of you and I was like I feel like a second class citizen this fucking sucks and it's just. <laughs> It was just so much, and I would keep going to UCB to like watch shows, and and I was like, maybe I should take the class here, and then took more and more classes, and then just got obsessed, and then it was like, oh, I think this is what I like instead of this other waiting journey. in line. And so I just didn't want to wait in line, and then I, also, it's just no. like improv is you just show up and do it and go. There's no <laughs> rehearsals. <laughs> I don't have to memorize any lines. It's just you. But what about the character shoes? Did you have character shoes? Did you wear them to your auditions? <laughs> I did have character shoes. <laughs> I still have them, I think, somewhere. I still have some tap shoes. Um, 
Meepo oh, okay, contestants. Okay, bring, bring the tap shoes tomorrow. We're tapping. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I don't think a lot of people realize that when you, like, first... I didn't have any clue that, like, when I first moved to New York, auditioning meant what you said. Just sitting in rooms, waiting, trying to be the first person in line, trying to get seen. It's, like, it's a system that's set up for you to fail. Like, it, yes. it's... They say that it's equal opportunity, but it's, like... I didn't realize that all my friends who were like taking extra acting classes outside of class, outside of school, were doing it because the teacher had connections. Oh, absolutely. I was always just like, oh, okay, you guys have fun. I'm not going to waste my money doing that. I'm going to get by on my talent. No. Did not happen. No. Isn't that sad? It's so sad. Yeah. Talent's like, it's slightly part of it but then it's also like yeah how much money are you spending on these classes how many networking meetings are you going to how many like it's I didn't want to do that how many headshots are you going to take under the Brooklyn Bridge you know (laughs) (laughs) wait so what was the like UCB scene like when you were in New York I was like I started in 2009 and it was fun I mean it was just like it just felt like very um, anything goes here. Mm-hmm. If you want to put up a show about all the fruit that you love at a grocery store, you can do that here. You know, there's just, there was no like there needs to be a mission. I mean, and maybe I'm being lofty. Maybe there was because like, I feel like the more people like that were aware that you can get careers from being a performer at UCB or like, you know, that is how I got my manager. That's how I got my commercial agent because they saw me on stage there mm-hmm. but that's not why i was doing it i was yeah. like there because it was it was just fun and i was making a lot of friends there i met nicole buyer at ucb right. like i was making lifelong friendships and i was like this is just great and then icing on the cake was oh i'm also like getting work from this that's awesome but right. i feel like there are some people that and I, I don't know if there was a certain switch or I don't know. But eventually people were like, oh, if I go to this place, I will get jobs and money as opposed to just going mm. to have fun and learning about stuff and wanting, you know, enjoying the performance aspect of it and then getting the money. Yeah, because yeah. now I know people when I first moved here that were saying like, oh, you will you go to UCB and then you work yourself up to the stage show and then you just audition for SNL and you're set. And I was like, that seems too <laughs> oh, yeah, very promising. <laughs> the ladder seems too easy to climb. <laughs> yeah, it's just four steps. Yeah, <laughs> and just like a couple hundred dollars and you're a star. I, I... After college, I moved back to Chicago and I took a couple improv classes in Chicago. And like, obviously the vibe, I think sort of in general in that city is a little more just like for whatever is going to happen in the room. Like people do have a mindset on career, but I think a lot of times they think I'll do that once I move to New York or L.A. But here in Chicago, we're just going to play around and like see what happens. Mm -hmm. And then when I came out here, I took a class at UCB and it was totally like day one going around the room like say your name and you know like whatever people were like pitching themselves in 101 to the other people in the room and it's like literally just be like your name is jeff and you like ice cream like what are you do like just do the thing you know but it was so it was really career driven what i showed up and handed out a script i (laughs) thought we were i was like this is my work are we doing are we mounting this today (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so what made you eventually move to LA from New York? 
was it work related? Yeah, you just I was like, getting I'm ready. Yeah, I think both. Honestly, I was in New York for nine years, and I wow. was on SNL for three and a half. And I was, I mean, jobs were coming, but they were mostly in LA. I kept flying to LA oh. to do things, and eventually, it was like it doesn't really make sense to come back. Like I'm like <laughs> I keep doing this back and forth journey, and it's a little exhausting. And also, a lot of my close friends were already out in LA, and. I just feel like I knew more of my work would pull me in this direction. So I think I think it was just like, it's just time. It's time to make the move. And I'm glad I did. I like it here. I still yeah. love New York, but this is good for right now. Oh, when yeah. Was- Any chance I get to go back to New York and spend just like seven days, that's all you need. You need yes. five <laughs> days of hanging out and two days of like laying in bed. That's mm-hmm. it. I'll, I'll take it. But see, you said that you don't like to fly around, go back and forth, but then you decided to start doing stand-up and travel every weekend. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> wow, I feel called out. Um, <laughs> What's your drink order on the flight? Thoughts? <laughs> I actually don't like drinking on the plane. Um, but I also drink less now. But I, I love the performance aspect. I love performing <laughs> in different places, but I don't like the travel of it. I don't... Yeah, I don't love being on planes or just like going to airports, especially now. I'm, I'm terrified. Right. Oh, and yeah. it's crazy have you to think about. a little now? Not on a plane. I haven't pl- I haven't been on a plane, I guess in a year. I haven't been on a plane Oof. this whole pandemic, which is so crazy. My last trip was to New York last February. I had a show February 15th. I stayed a yeah. couple extra days and then I got back to LA like on the 20th of February. Yeah, I think my last trip was to DC to do a show and then Never, never again. Never again. Never again. <laughs> I don't are you even, frozen or just thinking? No, I you just fly don't last? even remember my last trip. I don't remember. Le- I remember these four walls. That's <laughs> yeah. all I know. I can't remember the last time I flew. Yeah. I did take a 20-day road trip in November. Oh, yes! Mama <laughs> yeah. went to the Grand Canyon twice. I did. I did. It was great. I, uh, My man and I, both of our families are in the Midwest, and we wanted to see them safely, but not flies. And we're like, and we had so much time. So we're like, <laughs> so we're like, let's drive. And yeah, we went through Sedona. We went saw the north rim of the Grand Canyon on the way there. We went to Amarillo, Texas. We stopped in Chicago and saw some friends. We stopped in Missouri and saw some friends and family, Indiana. And then on the way back, Saw the south rim of the Grand Canyon. It was just so nice. Oh, that sounds so lovely. What it a great really escape. Was. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, of course, you know, COVID's still uh, around. <laughs> so yeah. there, it was still like some, it, it was nice to pretend for a minute and be like, yeah, we're doing it. And we got no worries in the world. And then we get out and we're like, mask up. And I'm going to scarf and I need my goggles and I don't want to touch anything. <laughs> When With, you would travel for stand up, are you the type of person who like explores every city you're in, or are you like, give me to the hotel and the gig in the hotel, the airport? It depends on where I'm going. If right. I'm going to, you know, some random town in Ohio, say I, it, Bloomington, Indiana. We no, know. Actually, no, actually, Bloomington. Bloomington, Indiana is nice. <laughs> they have that great comedy club, and they book yes. people all the time. Yeah, no, Bloomington's fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would explore that. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes it's just like, it just doesn't. And I try to look stuff up. I'm like, what are the good restaurants? Are there thrift stores around I can shop at? Mm. Um, you know, what what are things to do here? And sometimes the 
Google says nothing. And then I'm like, well, a hotel for me, then I guess I will just <laughs> get room service and stay inside. <laughs> Google's like, sorry, girl. Sorry. Uh, Did you it's... mean LA? <laughs> Did you mean somewhere at home? <laughs> I'm definitely going to stop taking that stuff for granted because I used to, when I traveled, I would sit in the hotel room no matter where I was because I was like, I'm tired. I'm a star. I don't need this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to hit the streets. I'm going to take it yeah, to the streets. Take I'm it to the streets. <laughs> I'm going to eat local. Yeah. <laughs> you talking about the men? I'm yeah. just kidding. How dare you? We're going to take a And on that, we'll take a break. <laughs> Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm-hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of ma- pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. Okay, we are back. We're and back. Let's get into. Oh. So you lived in New York. Did you ever see Wicked? <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say I have not. Did you ever see any Broadway play? Like musicals? She kept it to the comedy I clubs. saw Book of Mormon. Oh, okay. And I saw Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And what else did I see? Did you have to wait a long time to see Hamilton? Or you had that access? 
my agent hooked it up. See? (gasps) (laughs) Must be nice. Must be nice. And it was like, there was some like foreign dignitary in the audience or something. So this was after like the original cast was no longer performing, but the original cast came back. For this guy. And oh. so we got to see all the original people. It was so great. Could you imagine so being in the actual cast at the time and being like, sorry. <laughs> Girl, at that string. point, they're probably like, I have they the went, night off. I'm happy. They were like, my mom, you could take the bus home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you for taking over. We need you to be here for a night, okay? We don't want you to embarrass us in front of this guy. You wow. can watch. You can watch from the audience. <laughs> that must be so wild to have, like, done a show for a year and then not be doing it, but sort of know that it lives somewhere in your bones that you could just do it again. Yeah. Yeah, because they do it so many, so times, many times throughout the week. Yeah, well, I was exhausted just watching it on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> And it and it's good on Disney Plus too. I was like, I want because it's it's hard to record live performance, yes. and have it translate. Yeah, but watching it at, on Disney Plus, I was still like, yes, <laughs> I was like dancing still. It was it's such a fun show. Did we all see the tweet with the Lin Manuel Miranda video from like the first couple lines of Hamilton? Didn't I send that to me, Paul? Probably, but I don't really care that much about Hamilton. Doing like the opening couple lines from like before he wrote the whole script, like when he had the idea. But it's from so long ago that the video quality is like weird and grainy, and like his voice is sort of chipmunky a little bit. So it's actually just psychotic to look at. But it was making the rounds recently. They were like, "Happy anniversary to this like brilliant man," and I was like, "That's not the." Media yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, like don't that. do that. that. To him. Don't make him dirty like that. <laughs> show him accepting an award or yes, something. Exactly. Don't like show him on a train. He's workshopping a couple of lines. Pull yeah, he actually. We Nicole and I were. Um, we did a live This American Life show. I I was telling a story and she was in the story because we I don't do anything without her. So right. I was like Nicole and Nicole was there and so she was a part of this, the performance. And Lynn had a musical that he wrote that was a part of the whole show. And it's called 21 Chump Street. And I still listen to it sometimes. The music was amazing. It was so cute. And Nicole Nicole and I were both like, you have to make this into an extended musical because it was like 12 minutes or something. And and he was like, no, I'm kind of working on something else that I think will be better. And and we were like, (laughs) are you kidding me? What could be better than this? And then like (laughs) Hamilton. He's like, well... Just well, wait. this uh... <laughs> I had this idea on the train, uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, and then yeah, he hey. sold it to Disney Plus. Good for him, Girl. yeah, man. Make that Disney money, mm-hmm. honey. Speaking of streaming services, what was it like working with Hulu on Woke? Oh, oh. <laughs> nice you like job. that. <laughs> you like, like that transition, Mama? That was good. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, that that was such a fun show to be a part of. I love the Woke family so much. And also, it it was really cool to be in a show with so many black people. And I want to keep doing that. I yeah. Mean, uh, I mean, I've, I have done things where there are black people, but it was like just nice to be like, oh, the director's black and the mm. writers are black and the producers are black. And there's so many black people in the cast and we're all different. We all have different opinions and... Oh, it's so nice. And we got season two. I don't know when we're shooting it. Sometime this year. Um, but I'm very excited to go back. And yeah, it's just like nice to be a part of a show that doesn't shy away from 
taboo topics that right. involve race and and but also like isn't trying to be right all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I didn't even realize that it was all, like, everyone involved was black. That must have been such a nice experience to walk in and be like, okay, I don't have to do anything extra here. Yeah, it really mm. is. I mean, of course, you know, we had some white people. They they, can't, they won't let us have a show without some white people, but, yeah. we, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of color was there, and I really appreciated it. Because, um, yeah, it's just like, there's like a, there's no code switching. Yes. We just There's no it. extra work of like having to make other people feel comfortable. You're all just there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I wish drag queens were like that. Yeah. What didn't code switch? Well, didn't just weren't all switch? white. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> weren't all white. Yeah. Yeah. Who I loved on that show was um, T Murph, who played oh, Clovis. Oh, he's great. Also had, from Chicago. Yes, and I had never heard of. I, I sort of, you know, after watching the show, I was like, "Who is this?" I never heard of him. I was. So, he was so charming to me, and I just like loved how like like interesting his character was. Like so many. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I really enjoyed that show. Enjoyed the writing. Yeah, too. he's and that's like also what I mean about the differing characters because like I feel like usually there's one black character on a show and that they're responsible for the opinion of the race. Right. And like team Murph, his character in the show was so uninterested in being woke. He was like, I woke equals broke. I, right. I'm not trying to do all that. I'm trying to sell these sneakers and like live my life where Lamorne's character is like analyzing everything. He's going through this journey of like, you know, how is my art? Like, communicating my my thoughts to the audience and is my audience too white and this and that and my character is very woke and is very much like we need to use our voices to tell the people what they need to do to change our society but sometimes that's not right either so it's like i just love seeing the varying opinions of these people who are all from the same community but we don't all have to think the same thing right oh yeah that's so cool yeah. And Nicole's character was... A 40-ounce. A 40-ounce, well. <laughs> but what was so amazing, so if you haven't seen the show, uh, you know, without, you know, spoiling or giving it away, there are a lot of inanimate objects that sort of become these animated mm-hmm. things that, that have voices. And it was so fun to recognize so many, like, really recognizable comedic voices throughout the show, which was, yeah. like, incredible. And, um, yeah, and it, it is funny that you you talk about, you know, Nic- that you don't do anything without Nicole because you also have your podcast with Nicole. Oh, yeah. like, yes. Best yes. friends. Best friends. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, Earwolf approached us because they saw us at a, someone saw us at an improv show and was like, this dynamic is great. Something should happen. Let's think of a, of a podcast idea. And we honestly could not think of an idea we were like we were like i don't know we don't, don't want to like do a thing we can't think of a theme we're like what well, we just talk so we yes. truly just talk and and then and it is the, i guess the theme would be friendship so we do answer people's questions on friendship like people call in with advice or are looking for advice and we try to give it as best we can um, sometimes we don't know the answer because we're not like licensed professionals, but mm-hmm. we're like, you know, this is a thing that we've been through. Here's the answer. Hope it works. <laughs> that is the thing that I love. Like when people and I started this show, I feel like we were like, oh yeah, and then we'll do advice. It's like, 
not fucking qualified. We're not, it's we like don't the know. moment anyone gets a podcast, it's like, oh, we'll do an advice section. Yes. People, listen, my voice <laughs> yeah. has got to get out there. People need to hear this opinion. <laughs> Sometimes I will. Su- we surprise ourselves with uh, good answers because we are both like very much on the self care kick and we're doing a lot of therapy and stuff. So sometimes we do have answers where we're like, oh, look at us. Sometimes, <laughs> like recently, we got stumped because someone was like, my friend's uh, fiance, I found out, like supported the insurrection and is like big into Trump. And I didn't know that until I like went to his Facebook recently and we were like, okay, oh, that, is, that is bad. And we don't. I don't know what I would. I don't know. I can you give us a follow up? What we just like didn't yeah. know what to say. We're like that does. I mean, I think ultimately we said maybe talk to your friend and see how, what she thinks about it because you don't want to cut her off without having a conversation at all. And like you don't know what's going on in their relationship. Maybe the friend is like, yeah, I hate that part about him, but we're working through it or whatever. I don't know, but it is fuck. that's scary. Yes. I would. I ooh, I don't know. I'm stumped. <laughs> I'm yeah, stumped. it's so crazy because you always think like, oh yeah, that's like a no, like you're di- like, and then when people actually just give you the little bit of backstory, it's like, oh well, this person is the live-in nurse for my mother who's had cancer for three years, and it's her husband picks mm-hmm. her up every day in the car with a Confederate flag on the back, and you're like, okay, well how do you know? And then they're like, and the nursing service only pays for the, and it's like all of a sudden all these layers, and you're like. This needs to be a black and white, like, yes or no answer. It is black and white, baby. The human experience becomes so, like, there's so many strings that pull. It becomes really challenging to give people advice sometimes. You're just like, oh, and then take away my mother's health care? I don't, like, what do I do? You know, whatever. That's a random, you know, made up thing. But we've had that. Oh, I was very worried for your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um. You've also uh, been a part of a game called Call of Duty Warfare Zombies in Spaceland. Do you no. remember doing this? I do remember doing this. <laughs> I put this on here because Meatball voiced a video I game character I voiced the Ninja too. Turtle in the Ninja Turtle cell phone video game. I was <laughs> Raphael. You Raphael? Yeah, wait. Holy shit. Me... That's Ca- great. Cal- I can't do the voice anymore. I was so young. Supple, supple chords back then, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. What was it like doing that? Because I had to put on a, the green screen suit and like with the Whoa. dots and I had to do some of that stuff. And then yeah. they realized that I didn't have the body type. <laughs> They're like, just the voice. So the, just the voice. Uh, I didn't, I not for the Call of Duty game. I didn't have to put on a suit, but I did for NBA 2K. Had what? To... <laughs> You're in NBA 2K and you haven't told Michael? What position thought, did you I play? We, I thought I did. Oh, maybe um, you did. I, what position did I play? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was a center. Um, <laughs> I was supposed to be the PR person of the main character, mm. but my man played the whole game, and he did see me like down the hallway talking to a player, but I never interacted with the main character, so I think they may have lifted my storyline out of the... Oh no. Unless there's like a different level you get to that you see me, but I don't, we have yet to see my character and he's played this game a lot. Do I not understand video games anymore? You were the PR Uh, agent. Oh, this is a whole epic tale. It's a mess. Okay, NBA 2K is a game where you can play basketball where you can either be a player who is in the league and you do things like 
take sponsorships, talk to your manager, go to the locker room, buy clothes. Like, it's not just the game. Or you could be a team manager where you do the thing where you trade players and do all this. You can also play online, which Michael and her man play online together mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And I'm happy about it, but apparently you don't like it when he's on there. No, I, I do. I it. do. <laughs> I, it, I mean, it was hard during the pandemic because I was like, is this going to be every day? <laughs> Are you, you were just going to be online talking to people not here in real life all the time. But now I'm understanding that like it's it is filling a need that he needs because he can't play basketball outside with mm-hmm. people and he still has that itch to scratch and also like wants to be aggro and yell and scream and stuff. And if he did that to me, I would cry. So like he needs to do that. With other people who enjoy that stuff. So I'm getting better at being like, okay, you do need time to do that. But for a minute there, I was like, this feels like you're ignoring me. And it feels like you hate me. And it feels like you are not paying attention to what's happening in this house. But it's not the case. No. Yeah. Well, what I did was to get some interaction is I bought a carpet that's a basketball court and then got a little tiny basketball hoop to put on the closet door in the bedroom. So that way he could still get the feeling of playing, but while having a conversation with me. That's cute. It's not a joke. There's a basketball Aww. carpet in my bedroom. It's such that's a mess. That's really cute. But you then sometimes I'm that. like, you better get online and play with your little internet friends. I don't want to hear from you. Please <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> no, it is good for him to play sometimes. He, he like, it's also like a stress reliever for him. And mm-hmm. yesterday, yesterday he was like stressed out and was like, well, I was going to play video games. But then you came home and we had to eat dinner. And I was like, well, just play right now, please. It's like, I don't, I don't want this anymore. Please, please, go, please play video games. <laughs> if that's going to make you happy, please do that. <laughs> That is so wild. I'm like literally thinking I'm like, I had a Game Boy that I played Tetris on when I was 12. And that's it. I know nothing yeah. about that video Games game. Games are really so intense, right? Yeah. yeah. Actually, the Call of Duty one. So I Oh, yeah. Which is called Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, which means the war lasts forever. <laughs> zombies in Spaceland. So not only is it in space, but zombies and it will last forever. Please continue. <laughs> And when you got that breakdown, you said, yes. I'll do it. And call me Sally. I'm ready to go. Well, the so the zombie part is like a section of the game. It's one of, I don't, I still don't really understand it. I think you have to get to a certain part and then eventually you can play this zombie part. And I think you can play it online. I don't know. But uh, so it's not a part of the main game. And the main game is still very Call of Duty where you're shooting people and it's a lot. And so my man started playing that to so we could see my part and and he the the whole thing starts with your character like jumping down a hole or like off a cliff or something and then you take a knife and like stab it through another person's head and you just watch the life leave their eyes. Oh my god. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's that's enough. I don't need to see what I'm doing." <laughs> So I still don't know what I do in this video game. We truly stopped. I was like, I can't. And he couldn't either. We were like, this is way too That's violent. Gruesome. Are you kidding me? And the the humans that they've created, they look very realistic. It's not like you're watching a cartoon. Like you can tell it's not real life, but it is so close to real life that you're like, I'm actually watching humans die. Yeah. And I don't want to get used to that. Yeah, that's, that's true, like that's bring true. back Princess Peach and the Mario Kart because that's yeah. what I want to see. 
Yeah, did yeah. you ever play video games? Were you a video I game person? Sonic. I had a Sega. Oh, oh yeah. God, the collecting of the the coins, that sound yeah. effect was very ding, satisfying. Ding. Great music in that game too. Oh yeah. I also yeah. liked playing as Tails even though she couldn't go as fast. <laughs> I just like to fly. Yeah. I was just showing Meatball this. I I downloaded that um game off of Instagram where you have to uh walk in the high heels. Have you seen that sponsored post? I have not. Oh um, my god. I didn't I, pay for it, so there are ads playing. Hold on. Um, but it's but, <laughs> yeah, you just wear it. high heels and as you're like running down this pathway, you collect more high heels to get taller. <laughs> Whoa. And then you'll like jump over stuff and do the splits. But I think it's marketed towards me because <laughs> on my ads, <laughs> you oh, you lost. <laughs> on my ads, bad. it has a RuPaul song playing. Sped and mine up in has the Nicki Minaj. Ooh. It had a Megatron remix, which is why I bought it. I was like, this remix is <laughs> fire. And then when you play it, it doesn't even have the music on it. No. Oh, interesting. These ads are funny. I get ads that are like, Hey girl, you want to get a slimmer la- waist and a bigger butt? And I'm like, I don't. I'm not ask. I don't know what I'm clicking on to get these things. I don't yeah. think I'm clicking on weight loss things. I mean, I guess I'm clicking on workout videos, so maybe that's it. But mm. like, yeah, occasionally I'll get those. I like, like a couple of those, but you also don't follow anybody and are not on Instagram at all. Basically, I mean, you're yeah. on there, but you don't like use it. Why yeah. is that? You just what? don't love it. I do love Instagram. I, I do you love corporate America? That's what we need to know. Yes, I want to support big businesses. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like following anyone because I just don't want my feed to be full of mm. stuff I don't care about. I feel yep. like it's very easy to be like, oh my God, this person's married now. And it's like, I wouldn't have cared about that person if they didn't just pop up on my feed. Like, I just, I just yes. feel like it just clutters my brain where mm. I'm like the people I care about are actually people I'm talking about and or p- talking to and people mm-hmm. who are in my life and that I'm interacting with. I don't know. Why am I concerning myself with someone from 10 years ago? And why yeah, they're in Puerto Vallarta like, completely. Yeah. So I, so that's why I don't follow anyone. And, but I still creep. I still for sure am mm. all, all up in Instagram. Very Beyonce of you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our final segment. Go buy a bed. We're back! <laughs> and that was from Legally Blonde. No, that sounded like the start of that Gershwin song. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. That's at the beginning of... Do it with your mouth. Let me hear. It's in a lot. It's... What? Was that not good? It's called something blues, right? What is that? I don't think I know this. Do I? It's called Blue Rhapsody. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. All right, well, now it's time for our segment called Fuck Talk. 
It's a segment where we talk about um, interesting or funny sexual experiences that we've had before. I know that may not be comfortable for you, so we're going to be playing voicemails from um, listeners about their uncomfortable sex stories, and you can comment on them if you want, or you can stay silent for your own posterity. It's up oh, to you. very considerate of you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes. What? It's at the beginning of some movie. Every movie? I feel like, is it at the beginning of, like, Aristocrats? Or yeah, or, like, <laughs> 101 <laughs> Dalmatians or Cats yes, or something. Yeah, maybe 100, yeah, maybe it's that. That's it. I feel like it's very much a cartoon song. Yeah. People, write in if you know. Okay, Meatball, I have uh, one labeled A Neglected Child and one labeled Sloppy Seconds. Do you remember these? Because you sent these to I me. do remember them. I feel like the Neglected Child one is kind of sad. But it also sounds, maybe funny. Sounds it sounds from sad the title. Already. Yeah. Well, yeah. why don't we go? Uh, then the sloppy seconds one. I mean, just pick your whichever one you want. <laughs> I don't want to play neglected child. I think it's say. not that bad. <laughs> All right, we'll start with that, and if it's horrible, we'll play the other one. Okay. Here we go. Hi. Um, I on the podcast I was listening to today. You guys were talking about. Um, formative porn experiences and mm. I thought that I would share mine. Mine comes from when I was about eight or nine years old and my mom went out to the bars pretty frequently. So on Saturday oh, night, he's the neglected child. About four years. My what? He's the neglected child. Cause his I mom mean, went to a bar <laughs> when he was eight or nine. It doesn't matter. Are you, are you saying it would be less sad if he neglected a child? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's clearly turned out. Okay. He's calling <laughs> I, up. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I think Sushi is onto something. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, his mom's out of the bar. Would watch us, and um, we had a computer, family computer. We had AOL. My mom is not technologically savvy, so it didn't really matter what we did. She would never see it. So um, my sister and her friend started babysitting us together. And we would sit down in front of the computer, her, myself, her friend, and then my younger sister, who is two years younger than me. I was probably eight at the time. That's a six-year-old. Somehow we ended up in a rabbit hole where my sister started playing boysfirsttime.com, which is is amateur, straight boy, gay stuff, porn, gay for pay. And I was hooked. Um, I would ask for them to play it. um, And... Eventually, it became a favorite, something that I'm still unlearning. So um, I was had been doing gay shit before that already with some friends, but that really fortified my knowledge, and then I could teach my friends all about the things that I learned. So that's it. Nine years old, watching um, Gay for Pay, thanks to my sister. When I came out, I also said to her, um, guess what? I'm gay, and guess what else? It's your fault. That was fun. Have a great day. Bye. Well, you can get 10% off BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash sloppy. Thoughts? Thoughts? That seems so young. It does seem young. That's that's too young. I'm trying to think of when I was eight, and I don't know if I'd be able to comprehend what I was seeing. Yeah. What's, What's crazy is I feel like we all have that moment in our own sort of development where we're like, oh, I was doing that at 12 or I was doing that at 13. And then if you think one year back, you're like one year back, I was a child. Like that, that moment 
like when you sort of like when your brain clicks over to like I can look at something sexual or look at something violent and it doesn't terrorize me for the rest of the day. So mm-hmm. I think you know maybe he had that young like maybe yeah. but that is it's also wild that whole idea of like group porn viewership is a me very and my sisters wild. watching gay porn. porn also his sister being like i've got a website for you yeah go, go, that go, was go, her go. idea that's what i get it reminds me of that vine do you remember that vine of that little girl with the ipad watching two boys kissing uh-uh. and her oh, sister's like what it, are right? you watching and she's like please don't tell mom <laughs> oh yes i do remember that <laughs> don't tell mom it's like that. It's like maybe he was. Maybe they were more intrigued by the idea of like two men and mm-hmm. not seeing that at all publicly ever. Yeah, I'm sure they definitely didn't see it on TV. So they're yeah. just by like, oh, this well, is something I, new. I remember being young and like making a Sims family and realizing that you could make two dads oh. and like having a neighborhood of like two dads, two moms, like three parents. Like you could do whatever. And that was the first time I was like, oh. Maybe that's something I could do. Yeah. I didn't learn that from gay porn, though. <laughs> the only sort of similar experience I have in my life is with the film Chucky. Oh, really? No. When I was very young, some neighborhood kids were babysitting me, and I was staying at the house, and they showed us the film Chucky, and I must have been six years old, and I was traumatized. Like, it, I was too young to have watched it, and it mm-hmm. had a negative experience for me. Mm. But, yeah, I don't know. I thought that you were going to be like, because I watched Chucky, now I kill people. I thought that was going <laughs> to be... Or you thought I was going to be sexually attracted to yeah. so I'm only sexually attracted to dolls. Dolls. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't put it past me. <laughs> um, that was a wild a... story. Very, very thought-provoking. Yeah, I can't remember how old I was, but I do remember being young, seeing a porn that it was like softcore, and I feel like it was on Cinemax or something. It was like mm. Electra in space, and it was like a woman, a, an alien woman who okay. looked human, oh. trying to figure out what the heck's going on on Earth, and so she comes <laughs> to Earth to fuck different people on the planet to really just get research. And I don't really remember actual sex happening, but I do remember she like was getting a bath and two women were like bathing her and like rubbing on her body and then and then also getting her off. And then, yeah, it was a lot of people doing things to her as opposed to like any fucking happening. But mm. I remember being like, I'm not supposed to watch this, but this is fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember watching like Skinamax, like Cinemax videos after dark. And it was just always like women getting out of pools and then like like men just touching them and then that would be the scene and i was always like huh sex seems so interesting just touching and holding a lot of feeling (laughs) this is a very deep-seated childhood memory of mine Uh uh uh-oh uh-oh anytime no anytime i'm like don't worry uh anytime i imagined sex as a as a young kid it was always green lighting like Whoa. so green and you would think red you would yeah. think like red lighting like the silhouette mm. challenge that everyone's doing but to me it was always the whole room was green hmm. maybe like you got the green light fucking <laughs> oh, yeah. i imagine consent from the very beginning <laughs> you invented consent yes <laughs> Whoa. um should we do this other one 
Sure. Hi, Big Dipper and Meatball. Um, I first just want to start by saying thank you. Um, I live in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, and nobody takes COVID seriously. Um, I feel like I'm being gaslit by the people in my community and listening to you guys and, and how you are taking it seriously is um, really nice to hear. And nice. Uh, I feel like I'm not alone in fighting this um, horrible panorama. So um, I have a fuck talk story. Uh, in freshman year of college, uh, Ooh, I was okay. just fucking this guy. Um, he did not do it for me one night, so I actually called another friend over, and we ended up fucking. Um, my roommate came home, and we all, like, went to sleep. The next morning, um, the guy that I fucked second, um, started getting in my roommate's bed, and they started fucking. Um, I was a gentlewoman, and I left the room and let them get it on. Um, and then later she came back, and she asked me... If we fucked and I said yes, and she got my sloppy seconds. Um, again, <laughs> thanks for being you. Bye. <laughs> she was I really waiting that. for the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Would you that take that as a personal offense? Hmm. I know I would. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, it sounds like this person is was so cash about it. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't sound like they cared no. either way. Also, freshman year of college, you're trying to get it anywhere. It's true. Yeah, but I was I was approved. I was approved throughout all of college. I would not have liked any <laughs> any of that. My roommate, uh, she was my roommate. Like three, we lived together like three out of the four years of college, and our last year, she. <laughs> brought up at some point she's like i i fucked in the room when you were in there and i was like what oh my god like there there i do there was there was one time i was auditioning for for color girls for the drama Mm -hmm. program Mm -hmm. and i was like really preparing trying to get my mind right for the call back the next day and some guy was over and i was like livid i was like he needs to leave i want to get a good night's sleep this fucking sucks and she's like it's fine he'll just like he'll just like cuddle with me it's fine i went to sleep and i'm sure that was one of the nights that they fucked because it was like you know humid in the morning oh (laughs) no but my dumb ass had no idea. And then it wasn't until later where she's like, mm-hmm, yes, that night, some other nights there. Yeah, you you are really good at sleeping hard. So I just make sure you are asleep well, and then I fuck. So, yeah. That's insane. I've never, I don't, well, now I don't know. I, I don't, I've had a roommate fuck in like the shower in the bathroom while I was in the room room, but like never in the in same. Between. Yeah, never yeah. in the same room. That I know of. I mean, I didn't know until years later. It's a lot. Those like double rooms in college. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of intimacy that goes, or I guess I was going to say privacy that goes out the window. Yeah. I also said I would be offended, but then there is that story of me and when I lived with that roommate in New York where we hooked up with guys and in the morning they switched. Oh no, halfway through the night they switched rooms. Which sounds like this story. Which sounds like yeah. this where I was like, oh, round two, all right. They wanted a little, little taste bit more of the cup. whole address. That's what they wanted. <laughs> well, they were visiting from Australia, so I think they wanted all the flavors oh, yeah. they could get. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Around the world experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not down under, but up over. That's what well, they, they he got down of. under me. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, listen, we've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Sashir. Pleasure. So fun. Where can um, I? Where yeah. can everyone find you? I mean, you won't follow them back on Instagram, but you could get Yeah, them. follow me. I won't follow back. Um, <laughs> all my social media is at the sheer truth, T-H-E sheer truth. Uh, I have a website. You know, nothing's happening right now, so there's nothing really to <laughs> promote on the website, but it's the sheer.com, and I have pretty photos there, and uh, that Kim Newman actually took. Oh, yeah. Who's also in our Kim. state game. Yes. Uh, uh, she's gone hardcore. She's hardcore. She, she's like doing flips. And... I know. I, when we used to skate with her, we would take off our front um, little stoppers, and mm-hmm. she would continually be like, "You can't skate like that." And she was like, "You're never going to be able to do a twist on top of this pike if you don't have those on." And <laughs> we were like, "Kim, we're not all trying to go pro. We're like, yeah. we're trying to go in a circle." Kim's like, she's now grinding and jumping and doing spins and cartwheels over stuff. And I was like, I'm having a wonderful time skating on something flat. I'm just trying to turn around right now. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to get from one direction to the next. Um, Oh, so Home Economics comes out April 7th on ABC. Um, If you haven't seen Woke, that's on Hulu. You Uh, know what other show I love? Robbie. Oh, thank oh, yeah. you. Robbie, Robbie is, is so, so fun. great. Yeah. Aesthetically, a- it is like it is so stylized, like the way it's shot and the the production design. It's really cool to sort of see something with that comedic voice, but also with such like a sort of I don't want to say heavy handed because that sounds like it's like wrong, but it's such a thoughtful production design. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I loved being a part of that. Um, yeah, that was an amazing process, and it was just fun to shoot that. I think um, that's all on YouTube, right? That's where it's I all on YouTube, it. on yes. Comedy Central's YouTube page, and um, I think it's on the Comedy Central app as well. Um, the Weekend's on Hulu. What else is in my head? Spree is on Hulu. It's a thriller. It's a movie that's oh yeah, about social media and our relationship with social media. Mm-hmm. Um, follow me. Don't follow you back. Uh- <laughs> and you, and uh, your podcast and my podcast, Best Friends with Nicole Byer, every week, every Wednesday. See, you're blessed. You're booked. Honey, booked. Blessed and booked. Yes. I'm thriving through this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at Sloppy Pod, or you can send us an email at sloppysecondspot at gmail.com, or you can call in with a fuck talk story to 213-536-9180. You can follow us on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball, and Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and never miss an episode, which come out every Tuesday and Friday. Stay cool, Aristocats. <laughs> I think it's 101 Dalmatians. Oh, yeah. Doodle-doo-doo, forever dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad-free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.